Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Sharing the journey of real Canadian changemakers and the impact they have on the world we live in. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right. So welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Wow. I love doing live podcasts. And we were at the SAS North Conference today and hanging with Mark McLeod, who's the founder of Shortpath Capital, a strategic financial advisory company for the emerging leaders in SaaS, e-commerce, and SMB software. From funding to exits, Mark supports visionaries on their path to success. And he just came in today and said, yeah, I want to be on this podcast show. It's the only reason I'm at the SAS North Conference. So thanks so much, Mark. For It is so true, isn't it? So uh, my friend, thank you again for being here. Um, you, you spoke today at the conference. Uh, can you talk to us about what, you're, what you spoke about or what you're going to speak about? Yeah, sure. I moderated a panel on just, you know, exits. You know, there's so much written about how to raise money for a startup, and yet, you know, most of us struggle with it. And there's almost nothing written about how you sell your company at the end of the day. And that's what I spend all day, every day doing at the moment at SurePath. So I I led uh, a panel discussion today on just that, you know, that hot topic of, you know, how, where, and when, and, you know, to sell your business. And what were some highlights you were moderating? And was there any aha moments that you experienced during that conversation with your guests on the stage? Yeah, sure. There's a you know a bunch of interesting things that came up in the discussion. You know, first of all, if you read TechCrunch too much, then you think that 
you know, within five years of founding your company, you're going to sell it for $300 million. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. You know, most exits are pretty modest. And so there's a risk to overcapitalizing your business, you know, where, you know, you feel good at the moment, you raise money, but you end up kind of burying a hole, you know, or digging, you know, too big a hole where, you know, at the end of the day, the exit's not going to, not going to make you money. So that's a thing that came up. And, you know, we often talk about kind of the Googles and, you know, the big strategic folks when it comes to exits, but there's a private equity funds are really kind of taking up a lot of deal volume now. And in aggregate, they actually have Mm. more money to spend than the strategic. So that's kind of a a new development in the market. Yeah, very cool. So uh, I understand that your journeys have also uh, taken you through leading companies like FreshBooks, Shopify, and Tungle. Shopify is getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the attention these days. Can you you talk about some best practices that might have occurred during your journeys there that you would like to share with our audience, the startup people? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I often joke that startups are like sausages. They taste good, <laughs> but you don't want to know how they're made. And uh, that's true of even the most successful companies. And so every company, you know, Shopify included, has warts or issues. But, you know, in terms of things that they did well, you know, they, you know, I think many companies try and raise capital too early. And to Shopify's Mm. credit, you know, by the time I I helped raise their first venture round. Right. And um, by the time they did that, they had a real business. They were profitable. They didn't need to raise money. They were choosing to raise money. There was lots of data. Uh, so there was no leap of faith on the investor's part, and that really kind of put them in the driver's seat. So that was that was definitely a, a thing. And then, you know, I think with SaaS businesses, which is where I spend most of my time, you know, SaaS businesses that help their customers make money, like the way Shopify does, yes. tend to be more successful and have lower churn rates and be stickier than SaaS products that just save you time. You know, because at the end of the time, saving time, you're competing with pen and paper or like Microsoft Excel. And so, you know, customers just tend to churn. But whereas, you know, if you look at Shopify, right, they're making, you know, they are the storefront for their customers. And so it's pretty sticky. And then, and I think the last thing that I see uh, many SaaS companies doing these days um, is adding a payments uh, aspect to their business. So that could be, if it's like MindBody, you know, serving yoga studios and you can get paid and, you know, Shopify has a payments uh, line of business that is now more than half of their revenue. And that's uh, that's been really powerful. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up because um, I was uh, I was having a conversation with a local entrepreneur here in Fredericton a few weeks ago and struggling between, you know, whether he should build his technology to really create an asset valuation or really he should, you know, really bring in focusing on the customer as part of building that valuation uh, or maybe a bit of both. Can you can you talk to that? Well, uh, no question for me that the customer is kind of the more valuable thing to have. You know, it's less about the assets, certainly in the SaaS world, whereas if you Uh have really long-standing customer relationships and you provide lots of value to those customers, you know, ultimately you'll create a lot more enterprise value for yourself. Yeah, well, it's, that's that's good. You reinforce my 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 comments back to him. It's all about the customers, and ultimately, if the investor route doesn't work, then you still have that uh, that uh, that revenue coming through your customers. Tell me what uh, what was Frank and Oak? Uh, why would what were they going through when you led their in, their investments in securing funding for them? What were they specifically trying to achieve? 
Yeah, so I was the original seed investor in that business back when I was at Real Ventures, and I got in so early that they weren't even called Frank and Oak at the time. They okay. were called Moda Suite, and it was a made-to-measure business. So you would capture your measurements online, and they would create custom clothes for you, similar to Indochino. And what we discovered along the way was that it's actually really complex to get you know accurate measurements like neck sizes and sleeve lengths and mm. all of that and so just they had the model wasn't working uh and so we actually doubled down and funded a pivot to try something that was more mass market kind of ready to wear you know not custom uh rebranded on frank and oak and then it kind of exploded and you know it's funny i always kind of joke that um in any kind of big outcome uh timing and luck are, are a huge element of it and they kind of rebranded as Frank and Oak right at kind of like peak hipster time and rode, yeah. rode the hipster wave for all it was worth. So that one, that one's, you know, they haven't exited yet, but they certainly went through a ton of growth. What's been your most enjoyable ride so far as an investor or as a participant in an organization that's uh, going through that process? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm no longer an investor now. I'm an advisor, okay. you know, facilitating investments and exits. But, you know, certainly yes. back when I was at Real Ventures, I uh, had a bunch of great, so actually kind of full circle. So I did a seed investment uh, back in Real at a company called Sweet IQ, and they were just a client and we actually just sold them in a, a really great deal. Uh, sold them at nine and a half times revenue, great outcome for the founders, for the investors. So that's Definitely been one of the more satisfying uh, journeys to date because, uh, you know, I got into that business you know, right at the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. Yeah, very cool. Tell us about your journey with SurePath. You've founded this company to to, yeah. uh, to guide and advise founders on how to fund, grow, and ultimately exit. That's uh, I mean, it sounds like a natural uh, uh, progression for you based on your career. For sure. Yeah. So I've been in the venture back startup world for almost two decades now. And, um, you know, both as a, as a CFO and a VC. And, you know, over that time, I realized there's two things that I love to do. One is to advise founders and management teams, and the other is to do complex financial transactions. So I just created a company where I could do those two things all day, every day. So every day is a good day. And so if you think of what we are really kind of in all seriousness, we're a non-sketchy investment bank. I think mm. investment bankers have a well-deserved bad reputation. But when you think <laughs> about startup life from a finance perspective, it boils down to 
a few big moments where having the right uh, you know, insights, access, connections, and deal-making ability can be literally game-changing. And so that's what we're doing. And I, as you're talking about that and non-sketchy, I, you know, it's it's totally uh, the way to go these days. But I got to think as you're saying this is that it opens up a door for just a, a, a flow of people, organizations, opportunities that you, you say, oh my gosh, stop. It's just, it, they're coming at you left, right, and center. How do you prioritize which ones you're going to ultimately do business with? Uh, yeah, good question. So first of all, we're very, very focused. We work uh, almost exclusively with software companies that sell uh, products to small and mid-sized business. So the whole okay. SMB software uh, sector. So just sure. you know, leveraging my time at Shopify and FreshBooks and most of my investments at Real were SMB software companies. So uh, that's our main focus. So companies that don't kind of fit, like if it's a consumer app or... Uh, I don't know, some kind of infrastructure company, you know, no matter how shiny they are, we're just not going to work on them, right? So that's that's the biggest filter. And then, you know, ultimately, let's say it's a fundraising mandate, you know, well, I will kind of look at those companies the way a VC would. And, you know, we'll do a bunch of diligence up front even before we take on the client uh, so that we have a high degree of confidence that we can get the deal done. So, yeah, yeah heavy lifting up front just to, you know, weed out the ones that are not a fit. Yeah, absolutely. What um, um, what what are you seeing with regards to the investment climate in Canada these days? Beyond obviously your own your own involvement, it's very strong. Uh, there's lots of activity, kind of more startups than ever. Uh, Canada still remains very strong with early stage funding with. Mm-hmm. Really great seed investors like uh, Matt and Amit at Golden Ventures is an example. My former team members are Real Ventures. You've got some Series A folks um, like Information Venture Partners, Relay. And, you know, for the first time ever, you know, some re- some late stage folks, because it used to be you could raise your early stage capital here, but then you had to go to, to the U.S. to mm-hmm. raise growth stage. But now you got Omer's kind of at all stages, Georgian Capital, which is exclusively growth stage. Uh, you st- and what I also see is there's more interest than ever from U.S. investors to you know come up here and invest. Mm. Right? You know, Union Square Ventures has three companies in the Toronto Waterloo corridor, and they're crushing it with all three. And I think the word's out that Canada's just a great place to build a software business. Yeah, and and on that essence of building, you know, one in my journeys of dialogue and experience, uh, scaling seems to still be the big void of how to properly do it or have the have the support. Because you say a lot of a lot of support for early stages. Um, one, are you seeing that with regards to uh, more support and more focus needs to be in that scaling aspect? And if you are, if you aren't, what's how do you, how do you deal with that with that op- with, with that challenge and opportunity at the same time? Yeah, there's no question that, you know, value is, product is important, but the value is created through distribution and lots of it. And so scaling is actually the most important thing. And, you know, there's different schools of thought. One is how we need to bring in people who, you know, kind of been there, done it, got the t-shirt. But, you know, the other school of thought is like, really, if you build the right product and get the timing right, the market will reward you and then you just kind of hang on for dear life. And that's, you know, <laughs> Shopify is a, a classic example of that. Like you right. know, two of the founders have left now, but only recently. And so that's a company that reached the stratosphere where all of the founders remained highly relevant in like, you know, C-level roles. And it's not because they were better. It's not because they had done it before because they hadn't. 
They yes. just built the right product and they hung on for dear life while that thing scaled and figured out different ways to always be ahead of the company. And so that's the thing that creates, it's not to me about importing talent from the U.S. I think that's kind of self-defeating. Interesting. It's really about building the right product and just, you know, you know, hustling hard. And, um, you know, there's no, there's no silver bullet, I think, you know, it's just like, especially in SMB software where we focus, you know, you just kind of yes. grind, grind it out and lift up your head one day and you have a big company. And, you know, the beauty with many SMB markets is they've been around for a long time and they will be around for a long time. So let's take accounting software, uh, where I just came from prior to starting SurePath, right? So, yes. uh, Intuit, started so there's 30 million small businesses in the u.s alone intuit which has been around for over three decades has seven million of those small businesses as customers Uh so you know even though intuit is the market leader there's more businesses that don't use their software than do and so the point of all that for startup founders is let's say you want to create an accounting software startup there's always room for you to enter that market Uh and you you can decide you know i'm going to raise a ton of capital and kind of go for it or I'm going to take a more organic, slow approach. And like FreshBooks was a 10-year-old company before it raised its first penny of venture capital. So uh, yeah, there's different ways to, to go to market. Interesting. So how? Uh, what's the today at the SAS North Conference, uh, besides your, your panel that you were moderating, is there any uh, highlights, uh, aha, um, you know, light bulbs that went on that you say, man, I want to share that with, uh, with listeners across the, across the country with the Startup Canada podcast? Not yet. Uh, for me, it's mostly about meeting with uh, CEOs and investors who are here. I know right. I, I unfortunately missed uh, David Scott from Matrix, uh, who I've heard speak before, mm. and he he uh, writes the For Entrepreneurs blog, probably the four, you know, absolutely the leading SaaS blog out there. And so, I'm sure he crushed it, uh, which is with great insights for folks. But uh, yeah, everyone's here. You know, everyone in the in the SaaS community in Canada is here, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, great stuff. Well, Mark, I, I know you came out of, out of the blue to help us today, and, and uh, we promised you a short interview, but it, I know it's been very impactful uh, and uh, informative for our audience uh, coast to coast to coast. And uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's important stuff, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Dan Martell from Dan Martell, 2LsMartell.com, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Let's pivot over to you as an, as an investor. In 2012, you were named Canada's top angel investor. Congratulations on that. Um, yeah, it's very cool. I love it. Uh, what do you, you know, I, I get, I, I speak to angel investors. I talk to VCs and I'm, I'm always interested in, you know, what are they looking for that's the, that gets people to first base with guys like you. 
Well, besides, yeah, the, a, yeah. besides the normal, uh, Dan, what's the one thing that you, as Dan Martell, the man, the guy, the investor, that says, I do it differently this way? If indeed there is something like that. I, I think for one uh, big thing is, is, is every time I interact with the founders, do I learn something? Right. That's interesting. That, that is to me, if I don't feel like for whatever market they're in, domain experience, uh, product mm. that like they're teaching me stuff. Honestly, that's, I mean, Rivers, again, the, that was the benefit of investing. Yes, there's an economic outcome if you do, a, you know, not, I've done 37 investments, Intercom, mm. Unbounce, Hootsuite, uh, Get Around, uh, Udemy. So that, like, that's cool, but I will say the bigger benefit, because I'm a big fan of investing in yourself and mentorship, is right. um, the return on knowledge from those mm. investments. So for me, Brilliant. I got to feel like I'm going to uh, jive with these founders and they're going to teach me cool stuff. 